Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Ire, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. So I want to go right into the sermon and I want to start by asking the question. How useful is it to gather moments, minutes, or hours before a new calendar year to pray? How can I really secure divine help for the future? Is it possible? Is it just something everybody does and so we're here? Or is it a possibility in God? You see, this time last year, I saw a meme that was spreading around. Someone pursuing another man with a huge stick. And then the caption read, when I see the pastor that said this year will be my year. You know, and I had mixed feelings about it. You know, has it ever happened to you? You've seen something that is serious, but it's also funny. Yes. So, so I first laughed and I was like, well, what really happened now? Do you understand? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because many people have lost faith in the concept of a watch night service. They say, oh, we're told so many things. And very few of them, if any at all, happen. Why? Well, there are many reasons. First and foremost, there are many people who just subscribe to prophecy but are very lazy. <laughs> and I've told you before, prophecy will not work for a lazy man. Haven't we made that clear before? It won't work for a lazy man. Because you see, you are still a free moral agent with free will. And so God is not going to carry you and make you do things. He's going to walk through your mind. He's going to walk through your hands. You have to be willing. You have to be ready to put in the work. Praise the Lord. So, well, that's a thing. That's a factor. And some other times, it's just, just imagine. What, what many people do is liken down to Moses. Imagine God tells Moses, hey, boy, I'm going to free the children of Israel. From the hands and the claws of Egypt. And Moses just says, hey, thank you, Lord. And he runs away. I've received a word from God. You know, but that's not the way the story really went. Moses was patient enough to get further instruction. So God said, what is in your hand? And he said, a rod. And God said, take this rod and with it you will do many signs. So that was a divine strategy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Prophecy will always come with the instructions. Except if it's a prophecy that is beyond you. If it is something that you are to do, there will be clear instructions. Clear instructions. Clear instructions. So this is how it might be a supernatural strategy, but it's a strategy. Praise the name of the Lord. So there is that too. There are many factors. 
But today we want to address one. One. Can I, can I tell you something? You need to really listen to this. What I'm about to share with you is the mystery of divine help. Forgive the word mystery. There are many interpretations to it. Many understand, you know, when you're a mystery, you think, you know. <laughs> but we're going to answer a very crucial question. What is the supernatural idea or formula to secure divine help? Can I tell you something? There are factors as important as prayer is, and as much as we emphasize this in this church, what I'm about to talk about is beyond the reach of prayer. I know that sounds strange, but hold on. What I'm about to talk about is beyond the reach of faithfulness. This is what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Nothing, can you hear me? All right. Nothing secures divine help like purpose. Nothing secures divine help like purpose. Say that with me. One, two, go. As simple as what I just said is. It's everything. And all you need to do literally is to read your Bible, read it carefully. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen unbelievers who are doing well and you know it is God that is helping them? You know. Oh, maybe some of you are like, some people will understand what I'm saying. Others are like unbelievers, God helping them. Oh, I assure you. There are many of them like that. And so, it's a conundrum because many Christians are praying and they're faithful and they're fasting and then there are just some other people, you know, they're just doing them. Doing their stuff. And life's easy. You see fingerprints of the hand of God all around them and you're wondering, how is this happening? You don't even go to church. Read your Bible. There are examples there. So many of them. You read about a man named Pharaoh. Now, we are here asking, trying to find out if it is possible to actually stay moments into the new year to get a word for the new year. Well, Pharaoh, he wasn't even praying for it. He didn't come for any watch night service. He was on his own. I bet you he didn't pray before he slept. And he dreamt about what was going to happen for the next 14 years in the economy. He dreamt. Some of you, till now, you couldn't understand why some unbelievers have supernatural activity. Uh, have you seen people like that? Unbelievers who will dream, and the dream is on point. And then you, you are praying for the gifts of the Spirit to manifest, you know. But when they tell you, you know, Hallelujah. Well, that's some of them. The source is questionable. But I'm talking about some legit from God. They dreamt. The question is why? So Pharaoh knew prophetically what was going to happen for the next 14 years. Why is it that many Christians don't know what will happen in the next 12 months? Why? What about Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar 
saw in a vision all the world powers from his time till the coming of Christ. He saw a statue, golden head. You, you, you know the story, right? He might not have had the interpretation, but he had the dream. It was not the children of God who had the dreams. I'm talking about pagan kings. And so, by studying the word of God, we discover that the moment your life is aligned with purpose, no matter who you are, you will enjoy the help of God. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Mm-hmm. And that's why, even in the circles of Christianity and the circles of faith, there are some people who just have it effortless. And others are doing all the work Mind you, there are simple natural laws to success. No, none of us will outgrow the simple laws to success. You will never get to a depth in God where you will not need to read to pass exams. There is no such realm. None. None. Praise the Lord. You will never get to a depth in God where all you will need to do to make money is to pray. There is no such realm. If anyone tells you, oh, I just pray three hours daily. By the time I wake up, I see money under my bed. Arrest him. <laughs> He's a thief. There's no, there's no such realm. So there are natural laws. And what I'm saying is not a contradiction to these natural laws. Make no mistake. If you don't work hard in 2020, prophecy won't work for you. I've said that already. If you're not planning to walk, you can as well go home. And, and I'm serious, you know. But we, we are examining the concept of divine help. There's a man named Cyrus. Have you studied about him? Cyrus was a pagan king, an unbeliever. I want to show you what God said about him. Are you in church today? Turn your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1. Just a simple example of people who are unbelievers and dream. You remember Pilate's wife? And these gifts, some believers have never experienced it. They should be. But you know, they're they're fasting for it, they're studying for it, and it's coming to some other people effortlessly. Why? Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1. Thus saith the Lord to his who? Now, when you hear anointed, you say, oh, he's about to talk about Isaiah or Jeremiah or, you know. To his anointed, to Cyrus. (laughs) You're like, What is going on? Well, actually, it's not really strange. You see, Jewish kings were called the anointed to his anointed. They were were called and addressed in that manner. And the reason is simple. It, It was a description of the way they were called into office. Because to be a Jewish king, you had to be anointed with oil. And it was a public ordination. With oil. And from that moment, you were called the anointed. The only problem is 
Cyrus is not a Jewish king. But the Lord has a word for him and he says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed. Who is this guy? To Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden. Praise the Lord. And then one prayer warrior is in the corner. I say, Lord, open my hand. As I go out, open. You know, and Cyrus is there. He's not praying. He's not doing. Do you understand? And he says, whose right hand I have what? Hallelujah. Hold and to subdue nations before him. And I will lose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates. And the gates shall not be shut. We're talking about divine help. God says, I'm aiding this king. He will not have any hindrance. The gates before him are opened and they cannot be shut. What's going on? Like I said, the principle of divine help beyond prayer and faithfulness is purpose. That's the most powerful principle. Can I tell you something? If you are aligned with purpose, good things will happen to you even when your faith is weak. All these things I'm saying, I will explain. Hallelujah. It's, it's a realm of effortless victory. Effortless victory. So you can be prayerful and not be purposeful. You can be faithful, like you come to church, you know, do all this stuff, and you're still not purposeful. But a man of purpose is carried on the wings of divine help, the wings of the Spirit. So let me show you why Cyrus enjoyed the favor of God. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 36. 2 Chronicles 36, 22. At least after this service, you won't say you didn't read 2 Chronicles in the year 2019. Thank me for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Now let's open. 2 Chronicles. So it turns out there are some people I wish I could give you more examples. But there are some people that are in a position to enforce the will of God. God's predetermined counsel. Some of them believers, some of them unbelievers. But whoever is aligned with purpose, the hand of God will manifest for the fulfillment of God's plan. And it is not about them, it is about the plan of God. Mind you, these people who are unbelievers, after fulfilling the purpose of God on the earth, they will die and go to hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? But they experience the hand and the help of God on earth. Meanwhile, there are many people who are heaven bound and are of little use on the earth. Little use. What you have is infinitesimally greater than what they have. But what about the earth? So I'm just trying to help you understand the context of our conversation here. So you are in a position to influence things for the kingdom. Oh, God is good. And your mind is open to the influence of the spirit. You will be aided. You'll be aided. Now, someone said amen. It's nice you said amen. It's not a prayer point. It's not. 
Can I tell you something? There are some people that cannot be killed. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? They cannot be killed. Hallelujah. That's why in the Bible, God was so interested with kings. Studied well. Anyway, Second Chronicles chapter 36 verse 22. So now the children of Israel were exiled out of their land to a strange land. They became slaves in Babylon. And that happened for many years. Their temple was destroyed. All the treasure, all the sacred stuff of the temple was taken out to a strange land. It got so terrible that one of the kings of Babylon even used the cups, the sacred cups of the temple to drink and entertain his concubines. Even though God intervened, you know, and you saw the writing on the wall, literally. Men take it off a seam. But it just tells you how bad things had, had gotten. Hallelujah. And now, there's a king aided by God. What you're about to read is about to amaze you. In 2 Chronicles 36 verse 22, it says, Now in the first year of Cyrus the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. You, you see this? So Cyrus is functioning in accordance with prophecy. It says that the word of God spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. The Lord stirred the spirit of who? This unbeliever. Stirred the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put also in writing, it was established, saying, thus saith the king, Cyrus the king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven hath given unto me. He says, and he had charged me to do what? This is, this is a pagan. <laughs> he said, the Lord has charged. He was charged of the Lord. A stare from within. Read the history of the church. You will see what I'm saying. People who were not really serious about God just standing up to the defense of the church. Hallelujah. Oh boy. Charge me to build him an house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Now, this is how you will know he was not still a believer. He says, who is there among you of all his people? The Lord, his God, be with him. The Lord, who's God? Meaning, I'm not re still really into this faith thing. But I know this is what I'm meant to do. So anyone amongst you who is ready, I will support you. I will give you the resources. Go and do it. He freed the children of Israel. Can I tell you something? As an historical fact, history does not still know why this king did it. Did you hear what I just said? It is not known historically why he, why he did it. He's not, it's not known. But we know. The Bible says the Spirit of God stirred him. Stirred him. Stirred him. When you come to a point in your life where your motivation is no longer divine, the Spirit of God cannot stir you. 
You are so obsessed with your own plan, your own ambitions. You are out of purpose. And then you're going to struggle when it comes to divine help. You're going to, go to, you're going to struggle. And then there are some other people, you know, they've not even come to a point of full conviction about God and about the faith. But God can use them. It's a, it's a paradox that many unbelievers are more used to God and his kingdom than believers. Because believers, many of them don't have the boldness. Some of the things I'm talking about require boldness. Just share boldness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some believers can't stand up to talk. To just talk and say something that benefits the church. Benefits the kingdom. They play to the gallery too much to be of any use to God. Some of them is just self-centeredness. They, they, they just care too much for the things of the world. But there are unbelievers that God can stare. And they get the job done. And just because of the purpose God had for Cyrus, he began to aid him. So Cyrus was rising up the ranks. He was not praying. He was not fasting. His heart was right. He was rising up. God was opening doors. He said he would subdue nations. God made sure that this guy could not be stopped. Why? So that he could fulfill his own purpose. Are you getting this? And then some other person is praying, favor, favor, favor. As I go, favor. As I come in, favor. Everywhere my, the soul of my feet tread upon. You know? <laughs> and it's all about your own plan. And someone else is subjected to the plan and the agenda of God. And he experiences the ease of God. Purpose is the principle of divine help. Hallelujah. Someone says, God, protect me in the new year. Why? Why? Why should you be protected? And mind you, <laughs> God does protect. Someone said something I didn't hear. Say, but God does protect. But I'm, I'm just letting you know there are simple, there is a way to align yourself. Eh? And then your protection becomes the integrity of the kingdom to protect. It's a perspective. It's a perspective. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? Watch. <laughs> Let me give you a simple example. When Jesus was a baby, Herod was so determined to kill him. Because of him, every child under two was killed in Jerusalem. Can you picture that? Every child under two, just because he wanted to kill one baby. And so the angel, but the angel of the Lord had gone ahead told Joseph, said, take your wife and your child, go to Egypt until I bring you word. Praise the Lord. Not too long after, the angel came back 
to Joseph and said, you can return now because everyone who seeks the life of your child is dead. He said, they are no more. They are no more. And, and okay, he said, he didn't say they are dead. He said, they are no more. And I'm wondering, he said, take your young child, meaning Jesus was still a toddler. So what happened to everybody? Did they die of old age? I'm just asking. We're talking about a space of one year or two or three at most. And all the enemies were expired. Are you getting what I'm saying? What happened? There are some people you don't touch. You, you have to understand it. Read the Bible well. There are some people, they, they cannot be touched. They cannot be touched. And it's not, you know, in some other, and, and I'm, I'm saying this respectfully, I'm just saying this to teach you. In some other places, after they say what I just said, they say, put your hand on your head and say with me, you know, I'm untouchable. It's not by that. <laughs> it is not a matter of prayer. It's a matter of alignment. Joseph did not pray. You have to understand this. He didn't pray for Jesus' protection. It's just because of who Jesus was. The assignment that needed to be done. The assignment made him so important. Everything about his life was ordained. Everything. Everything to detail. He said, in the volume of the books it is written, I come to do your will. It, 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 was, it was a life of effortless victory. So he could speak with confidence. Go to the house and ask them, where is the room you have prepared for me to have my last supper? You, 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 it's, a, it's a life where you know supply must be available. It just must. It just must. And this life is possible if you understand the workings. Again, I'm saying, it's beyond prayer. Nights like this, we generalize too much. We just read grandiose stories in the Old Testament and say, oh, God is going to do it for you. We read about the story of the children of Israel in front of the Red Sea. And then we tell the story. Oh, Moses said, stand fast. You will see the salvation of the Lord. And then God said, why are you crying to me, Moses? Move forward. You know, and Moses stretched his rod. The Red Sea parted. And with every Red Sea in your life, you know. But study the scenarios. You, the difference is you. You woke up late, you missed your ride, and now you want God to part the sea so that you can get to work on time. And so God is looking at the pettiness and saying, No, it ain't gonna happen. It's that, it's that simple. Listen, there are bigger priorities in the world. Listen, the social media age might have exaggerated your importance, but I want to tell you in the most, in the most humble way that there are things more important than how, how you're feeling today. That thing's more important. 
God was doing all that to set the stage for the coming of Christ. And that's why as stupid as the children of Israel were, Adirati, now, Adirati in your life, metaphorically, you know all the things you are doing, you are praying, you are fasting, the children of Israel were indifferent. They were abusing Moses. You brought us here to die. Do you know, they still saw miracles. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mary was on her own. An angel came and healed her. Healed her to the extent that the Bible says she was amazed by the salutation. That, what? It's me. Oh, they, uh, have you missed the identity? <laughs> Check the name they gave you. Well. He saluted her. He called her highly favored. What did she do? What prayer did she pray? Are you getting this? Highly favored. The Lord visit you. What prayer did she pray? All she did was submit. Okay. Be it unto me according to your word. Do you get this? When they say, um, you read about Abraham, he said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. The Lord is blessing you. you read, that's the stuff. And I'm explaining why those declarations have not been working. <laughs> it's a context problem. Context. God gave the children of Israel lands. He's giving you lands. Ha <laughs> ha. Hallelujah. So now, we want to change the strategy a little. I want to tell you categorically, you stand a better chance having a more prophetic 2020 if you shift the focus tonight from yourself to God. That's the irony of divine help. That those who focus on themselves so much, they end up carrying their burdens themselves. There are others, their focus is on Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Turn your Bibles. I want us to read this together. We have just a few minutes left. Are you there? It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things for what? For your pleasure they are and were created. One of the greatest revelations of worship is that it's not about you. It's a great revelation in worship. You see, lust exaggerates our importance and makes us feel that the world revolves around our appetite. But worship begins when you look beyond yourself. To see that there is a purpose beyond your purpose. An assignment beyond your assignment. Thou art worthy, art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. You have created all things for your pleasure. I exist for the pleasure of God. And so when I begin to think and meditate on the pleasure of God. The heartbeat of God. Especially for the new year. I begin to enjoy his effortless favor. Can I tell you something? The things that people bother about are actually very cheap for God. They're small. 
Small. Sometimes I feel that's the reason many people have not been answered. It's just the pettiness of it all. Hear people pray. Hear what they say. Oh Lord, a new tire. A new, you know, I, I'm, there's got to be more to life. <laughs> Don't you understand? Are you getting what I'm saying? Align! Align your thoughts to his. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9. I'm going to read this because of time. It says, remember the former things of old, for I am, the, I am God. Isaiah 46 verse 9. And there is none else. I am God. There is none like me. Declaring what? Are you with me? Are you there? Isaiah 46 verse 10 now. Declaring the end from the beginning. Oh, so the idea behind watch night services are actually genuine. It's a real concept. The end can be declared from the beginning. Oh, so why are we not getting it right? You see. Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel, not yours, <laughs> but my counsel will stand and I will do what? All of my pleasure. The priority of God in his prophetic intervention is his pleasure. God is the only being in the universe that is permitted to be self-centered. He's God-centered, you see. He's about his plan. Everything God has ever done, he did for the fulfillment of his purpose. Everything. You know that you are getting a hang of the Bible when you begin to see the consistency of God's purpose from beginning to end. Everybody he ever favored, he favored in line with purpose. Did you hear what I said? There is no biblical precedent for the involvement of God in anything that is not purposeful. Did you hear what I said? There is no biblical precedence for the involvement of God in anything that is not purposeful. Think deeply about that. Oh, the children of Israel, they were in the wilderness, bread began to fall. I declare, in the wilderness of your life, bread is falling. Yeah. Yeah. The most important things, if the miracles will be replicated in your life, is understanding the context, understanding the why. Look at Romans chapter 9. Just an example. Even amongst the Jews who had an equal inheritance, they didn't all have equal assignments. And so the assignment determined the favor. I have a longer a more explicit teaching on this, I think on SoundCloud. We were using SoundCloud before we had our website. I've forgotten the name of the teaching. It was a commentary on Romans chapter 9. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's the title. Romans chapter 9, verse 12. Move it quick, me quickly. Time is fast spent. 
It was said to her. This is a woman with two children in a womb. It was said to her, the elder will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. I've told you this is biblical metaphor. It doesn't mean God hated Esau. God actually blessed Esau. But context here. He says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith unto Moses, everybody read together, one to go. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse 16, everybody read loud and clear, one to go. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but what? Hallelujah. Say this with me. Say purpose attracts mercy. You know, so there is an explanation to this. Why was Jacob so loved and blessed? It says that the purpose of God according to election might stand. The fact that he was elected to carry out the divine purpose of God. He became important. The purpose of God. A phrase not often heard in church today. The purpose of God. But that's what commands favor. Praise the Lord. What is God's purpose today? Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, he has chosen us in him when? This is the priority of God before the first man was ever formed. Chosen us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him in love. That's his priority. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. This is the will of God. If you align yourself with this purpose. Ah. Align yourself. Align yourself. You know, and see that all the other things you're struggling for. You know, so um, Peter lets Jesus preach in his boat. Jesus is done preaching. Peter has been toiling all night for a great catch. Now, this story has been told a thousand times. You think you know it. Just pay attention now. Because people still miss the point. And Jesus, when he's done, he says, cast, cast your net to this side. You see, you have to understand, Jesus professionally was the son, well, not professionally, was the son of a carpenter. If there was anything he had an idea of, maybe carpentry, but fishing, you're telling professionals what to do. He said, cast your net. Peter did it out of respect. He said, we've told all night, nevertheless, at your word. Make it not be like, say, you know. <laughs> and as he did it, the Bible says there was such a great catch that the net began to break. Can I tell you something? It is not possible that moments ago you were fishing here, there was no fish, and then you cast your net, and then you caught great fish. So what happened? 
The moment Jesus said, cast your net, all the fish from far started running there. That's the only way you could cast. They started running. This is the part people often say. Luke chapter 5. Because now, some people end the story there. Allow Jesus preaching in your boats. And you are going to blow. You are going to blow. You know... You're still missing the point. Luke chapter 5, verse 8. When, the Bible says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell on his knees, at the knees of Jesus, saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of the fish which he had taken. Drought of the fish which he had taken. Second part of verse 10 says, And Jesus said unto him, Simon, fear not. Henceforth thou shalt what? Everybody read verse 11 together, one to go. And when he had brought their ship to land, they forsook what? And followed him. So even that great catch of fish, he didn't touch it. You have to understand. So this is the point. Peter had destiny. But he was too preoccupied with, you know, making ends meet. And Jesus wanted to show him. Do you understand? He, he wanted to show him, is this what you are struggling for? Is this why you won't follow me? <laughs> and so he performed that miracle so that he would repent. And it worked. When he saw it, he said, go away from me, sir. Go, go. He says, I'm a sinful man. Just go away from me. And Jesus said, don't worry, henceforth you will catch men. Hallelujah. He was letting him know there is a supply in purpose. There's a supply there. There's a supply there. You've tried professionally and failed. Well, I've been asking you to follow me. Now, not everybody is called to drop their net. Some of you, your net is going to be your platform, literally. Do you understand what I'm saying? But all I'm saying is don't save yourself from the demands of purpose. To save your life is to lose it. Make your life count. Are you with me? Make your life count. Make your life count. Make it count. Make it count. Everything you think you are struggling for by your own power, he can give you better. Better. Purpose is beautiful. It makes life effortless. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I avoid ministers' conferences. I, I don't feel I am worthy. There are a lot of people who um, it doesn't mean I don't know what to say. But I just know the truth. If you come to me and say, okay, what can I do you know, to help my ministry? I will tell you a few things. But you want to know the truth? I'm called. That's just it. Are you listening to me? I'm called. 
if you follow the voice of God, life will become easy. See, in all you're getting, learn this one. To follow the voice of God. And make it your priority in the new year. To follow God. To follow God. Hallelujah. To follow God. <laughs> Say thank you, Jesus. Say that's my life. Hallelujah. Say I'm living purposefully. <laughs> Glory to God. And so some of you, the miracles you are seeing in your life, God performed it so that you will repent. Okay, you thought the capital for that business would not come. You had sleepless nights. It came. Now what? Some of you, even, you see, some of you know what I'm saying. There were some challenges. You didn't know how you will overcome them in this, this year. This year that is about to pass. You didn't know how. But you're here. But we still don't learn. The next challenge, we are still overwhelmed. We are still anxious. We're still, do you understand? <laughs> And then you withdraw from church. People are following you up. How are you doing? What is, is everything okay? When will you grow up? When, you re, when will you realize there are bigger things? Make your life count. So many times he's giving you spectacular miracles just so that you can see that he's got you. He's got you. Don't think that the only way to experience supply is by being anxious. How about you just trust some more? There are some things he has been nudging your heart to do. You've not done them. Listen, if you understand all that I've been saying, you will realize the mistakes many of you have been making. God has told you to sponsor some children to school. Why haven't you been doing it? Hey, I don't have enough money. That's why you don't have enough money. I'm serious. Maybe that's why you don't have enough money. Maybe that's why. The very things, listen, I'm not talking mathematics here. I'm talking divine help. Divine help. Divine help. I remember there was a guy who had an issue. The people in the community came to Jesus and said, help this man. He built us a synagogue. There is a way you will plant yourself in purpose. People will cry for you. Hallelujah. There was a, there was a day I received a phone call. So and so has an issue. I just looked around, saw a gift in my parlor that she had given me, I knelt down, I held it, and started crying. I'm not saying you give me gifts in my parlor. <laughs> there, there's no space. That's not the point. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wait, wait. There are some people that just must be helped. Just must. Just must. Read Second Corinthians 9. He talks, he talks about the thanksgiving of the saints because of your generosity. It's a concept in God. 
that your generosity will inspire a lot of thanks. Some people who don't understand this concept, okay, you were going through some struggle in your finances, you stopped giving in church. <laughs> who taught you? You have poor financial management skills. Poor. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying you should give yourself dry. Do you understand? I'm just saying, never get to a point in your life where you resist the nudges of the Spirit. Are you listening to me? Yes, mm -hmm. Because at that, as that widow, you know, you have one meal to eat and die. You have a choice. You can actually eat and die or listen to God. Because there are supernatural metrics behind these things. Listen to God. Praise the Lord. Oh, I said purpose attracts favor. Notch the person by your side gently. Say purpose attracts favor. So that's, that's a better strategy as you're preparing for the new year. God declares the end of, from the beginning to fulfill his counsel. Oh, you know the counsel of God? Align with it. Listen to me. You know, the lady named Hannah had been trusting for the fruit of the womb. The day she said, if you give me a child, he will save you. Are you with me? I can give you many examples in the Bible. And I'm not, people still miss the point. You know, I'm not saying, you now hear this. You now say, okay, this is what to do. Oh, is that, what, is that, is that, is that it? Is that all? You know? <laughs> You're missing the point. You, are, you have worshipped your needs. What God is trying to do is to raise you up beyond, you know, that life where you're always pursuing something. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Some people even miss the context of that um, verse. And so they, they want all these things. What should I do? Seek for, listen, if you are seeking God so that all these things shall be added unto you, you are not seeking God first. You are seeking other things first. I mean, can you this night erase all the things you feel you need and say, God, what's your heartbeat? Let me incline your, my ears to hear it. And all the days of my life, my heart will pant in the same direction. When you do that, are you listening to me? When you do that, everything is going to change. Everything is going. What's your priority? Where's your heartbeat? I'm going to make sure the rhythm of my life is consistent with your heartbeat. That's what I'm saying. You stop looking at the things. You, 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 can, you, you trust him. You can do it knowing that all these things will be added. So, we're changing the strategy. For next year, you go, let your priority be, how many people am I going to bless? How many people will I send to school? How many people will I help? How much will I give to the gospel? 
Can I tell you something? When your heart is inconsistent, inconsistency with divine purpose, he will uphold your hand. Because there are people that God is looking to bless. And, you know, the Bible says he's looking at the heart of men. Do you understand? He's looking at the heart of men. He's just, he's just looking. He's just looking. He's just looking. And so, maybe you were Nehemiah. You're just passionate about God. And then you heard that the temple and Jerusalem is in ruins. Where you are, you, you are secure. You have a job elsewhere in a foreign country in Canada. <laughs> Nehemiah was in Canada, believe it or not. You know, he was serving the king. Big boy. But his heart was still with God. He heard about it. Even the king noticed his mood. He was just sad. He cried to God. He prayed. And so God aided him. See the great things he did for God. Just because of passion. Now someone will see. Maybe nobody was there when he was crying. They didn't see the passion. They see the results. The people have made him ruler. And they're like, ah, Nehemiah. Ah, big boy. I envy you. And then you're trying to dress like him. You know, you don't know his heart. Are you with me? Change your strategy. Change your strategy. There are bigger things to address. Let's talk about the gospel. Think about what is happening. You know, look at the body of Christ in this nation. Look at the people who are, who are reputed to be fathers of faith. There are, then many of them, some of them in their 70s, many of them in their 60s. Are you really thinking about this? Are you thinking about what's hap- about to happen to the body of Christ? Do you know why, no matter how well we are doing, nobody can persuade me that is enough. I can never get to a point where I'm just like, oh yeah, we've arrived. Because when you look prophetically, you will know we should be doing more. If that generation is phasing out, we should be seeing more pastors in their 30s making apostolic moves. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just imagine, in the next 10 years, many of them will be gone. Maybe not with the Lord, you know, but not involved in active ministry. What will happen to our generation? You understand what I'm saying? Well, if you've not thought about that before, you better start thinking now. In our parents' generation, the church influenced the culture. That has changed. Are you aware? You know who influences culture? I don't even think I need to tell you. You're laughing because you know. It's a laughing matter. And if you sit down, you're comfortable with that, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. The things that are being sung should make you cry. Somebody sang and said, if his hustle doesn't pay, he will do blood money. He sang it. He sang it and got away with it.
Praise the name of Jesus. And then all this is happening around you and all you're just trying to do is to establish yourself. Is to establish and God is looking for someone whose heart will beat in his direction. He's looking. He's looking. You are, you are trying to secure divine help and divine help is just waiting for you to be responsible. Just be responsible. Start thinking. Start thinking. The funny thing is, when you think in the direction of God and his plans, you will think bigger than you ever thought before. <laughs> Thinking prophetically does not make you a man without ambitions. It expands your ambitions. Jesus, at the end of his early ministry, told 11 fishermen, most of them were fishermen, he said, go ye into all the world, teach all nations. That's ambitious. Following God will make you dream bigger than you ever dreamt. Teach all nations, fishermen. That means they must travel. They, they, they will travel more than they ever traveled in their life. Because God said so. Teach all nations means you will translate to different languages. Now, that great commission had to expand their mind. They had to expand their mind to adjust to it. Abraham is following God. He says, he says, look at the stars. See if you can count it. That's how many children I will give you. Who? Oh, in his own carnal wisdom, he wanted one. Are you with me? That's when you will realize God has more passion for your welfare than you do. All you wanted was one son to give your inheritance. And he said, I'm going to give you the number of children you'll be able to count. So you think you love yourself, but your plans are too small. They are too small. God wants to bless nations through you. Nations. You can literally change the world by the power of the gospel. Think big. Throw away your plans. It's, it's time to ask God, okay, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want to do? Start thinking in the line of purpose. All the favors you are experiencing, ask well, God, why are you blessing me? Why am I here? Maybe I'm like Cyrus. Maybe you brought me here for a reason. Is that not what Esther was told? He said, God brought you here for a time like this. Oh, if you are not using your platforms well, this is a word for you. God brought you here for a time like this. You know what Mordecai told her? He said, if you don't do it, God will bring help from another place. There are many people who have been replaced they didn't even know. He said, if you don't do it, help will come from elsewhere. What a confidence. Because you know what? The counsel of God will stand. It will stand. It will stand. It will stand. Praise the Lord. Make your life count. Brothers and sisters, make your life count. There is more to life. Hallelujah. I want to read something to you. You know, David got to a point he was so blessed. He was sitting in his house made of cedar. He looked out, he saw the Ark of the Covenant, and he said, I, I live in a good house. 
and the ark is right outside. I'm going to build God a house. He meant well. He meant well. But he had forgotten. Now, God needed to explain to him the reason he got to where he is. I think I've read this a couple of times to you. I'll read it a thousand times more until you get it. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 7. Right about now, the Abuja church must have joined us for the stream. All right. So let's say hi to the Abuja church. What kind of hi is that? Are you hungry? Say hi. Hi. All right. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 8. So when, when David said that, God sent the prophet to, to give him this word. It says, now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, <laughs> from following sheep to be ruler of my people over Israel. Everybody, please read that verse together. One, two, go. Talk about brief history. Like, oh, you're a big boy now. I remember how I used to follow sheep, pursuing sheep, making funny sounds. That's where I brought you from, to make you ruler. Hallelujah. He says, I have been with you wherever you have gone, cut off all your enemies before you, made you a great name, like the name of the great on the earth. He says, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. This is the motive. This is the reason behind the blessing. I'm not just blessing you because I like you, even though I do. It has always been about the purpose. I'm trying to appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place that is their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them as previously. Since that time, I have commanded judges over my people Israel and have caused you to rest. Listen, so now this is why I have caused you to rest because of my people. Do you get that? You to rest from your enemies. Also, the Lord tells you, he will make you a house. Look at that. David, how did this conversation start? David said, I want to make God a house. God said, I will build you a house. Praise the Lord. He's explaining. uh, This is how you got to where you are. I helped you. I'm doing something for my people. And you've... Happen to find yourself at the center of that plan. That's why you're enjoying the favor. I will build you a house. Praise the Lord. I will share with you two testimonies I've never shared before. I consider things like this sensitive. And some people tend to take it to the extreme. So I don't I would rather not share. So there's a guy who believes that the purpose of his business is the furtherance of the gospel. And he has partnered in ways that are confidential, I can't tell you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And one day, they called him, oh, this your business at so place, so and so place has been shut down. So he dashed down to the place. He met the people in charge. He said, there's nothing we can do. It's from the authorities above. He went to a, a superior. They said, there's nothing we can do. We went somewhere. You know, he met the head 
of the entire service, they said, there's nothing we can do. And then going to the car full of emotions. This is, this is a business that had funded the gospel throughout the previous year. I did all this because I believed it all my heart that my pastor is a man of God. The word needs to spread. Now, he could have been thinking about all the other things. He said he got into his car and with tears rolling from his eye, I don't know if you remember if he, he said that. He said he held his tearing and said, God of Emmanuel Irene, answer me now. Long and short, in 45 minutes, everything changed. The business was restored. The person who was trying to edge him out was sacked. Did you hear what I said? Was sacked. Sir, there are some things that you do. Are, are you with me? Yes, sir. I'm, 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 listen, it's not about me. Listen, it's not about, okay, he's God, the God of Emmanuelian. If I say, my God, answer me, he won't answer. No. He said the God of Emmanuelian to just as a statement, as a reminder of the commitment of his business. This is what I'm funding. This message must be heard. What's going on? Hallelujah. It's a, it's a consciousness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, when, when we're in school, they tried so much to stop our fellowship. They stopped our meetings. Stopped. It got so bad. Even the publications, they wanted to stop. I think I can say this now. <laughs> and so, they called me to the office. And he said, I heard you're having a meeting. I said, yes, it's outside school. He said, okay. Um, I, I saw our publication in, in his front. He said, well, we want you to stop the publication. I said, there is no rule in the school that stops publications. He said, eh, to be very honest with you, your influence is getting too much. I was told. So I smiled. I said, thank you, sir. And I left. Went to my room, said a few things. One week later, for the first time in the history of the school, the vice chancellor was changed. Registrar was changed. Dean of Student Affairs changed. Every chaplain changed. The next chaplain, the next chaplain raised the material in the chapel, said, this devotional will bless you. Get it. <laughs> and then they called us to the office, said, we want to buy 2,000 copies and give it free. The chaplaincy paid. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. 2020. Just mind God's business. Just, just, just mind God's business. I mean, you have been, see, you've been hustling. You've been worried. You've been anxious. Where has it brought you? Just... I dare you, try it 12 months. Just, just let your heart beat. Change your prayer points. Change your, align your hearts. 
When you're driving and you see the poor, don't look away like before. Start Psalm 122. Are you with me? 122 verse 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you there? Read together, one, two, go. Read it again, one, two, go. Read it again, one, two, go. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. <laughs> oh. Start praying for the gospel to prevail in China. Start praying for the gospel to prevail in India. Don't, I know there is so much wickedness in the world. There is every tendency for you to turn on the TV and yet they killed seven people. You say seven again. Mm -hmm. And you move to the cha next channel. Don't do that. The next time, let your knees hit the floor. Begin to pray for missionaries. Pray for people who are living in places that are difficult for the Christian faith. That the word of God will grow mightily and be honored. Start praying. Start praying for your local church. Start praying for your pastor. Do you know how many attempts the devil made at my life this year alone? Pray. Don't worry, I'm around for a long time. Don't worry. Hallelujah. But pray. Pray. Start, change your prayer point. Change your focus. Listen, Jesus is coming again. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You see, it doesn't matter your field or what you are growing in. Growing daring. The moment it comes, it's all ended. It's all ended. If you're not thinking about the coming of Christ, you're not very smart. It doesn't make financial sense not to factor in the coming of Christ. Did you hear what I said? You have to factor it in. You can't change that. He's coming. Think about many people in your generation that don't know. Temptation is at an all-time high. What are you doing to influence your culture? In your sphere of influence, God has promoted you in your career. You can be a voice. Why does God have to look for Cyrus? He's looking for Cyrus because unbelievers are unserious. Make up your mind. Be vocal about the things of God. Don't hide. Pray for the word of God to spread. Think about, you know, it was when my wife was talking, I realized two years ago, two years ago, there was no Abuja church. It's hard to imagine. The church is 400 members strong now. 400. Two years ago, there was no church. None. Do you understand? Listen, this thing is possible. If you've been a part of this church, you, at least you have seen what prophecy and willing hearts can do. And some of you who have been here, you have not really been involved 
We've done so much without you. How much more can we do if you make your mind to be involved? Next year, Portacot, Lekki, and Canada. Hallelujah. David said, Who am I that you have favored me this much? Make a name for yourself with my life. That's what he said. He, he understood. It's about God. Okay, make a name. God will make a name for himself with your life. That's, that's how to position yourself. He will make a name for himself because my life is for his glory. He will make, in the year, say this with me, in the year 2020, God is going to make a name for himself with my life. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.